coming up on the five-year anniversary of the Coach and Coordinator Podcast, and it's been an incredible five years. We've had so many great guests, and of course, we have a great audience. And to show our appreciation to you, we've collaborated with Glazier Clinics. We've put together a package for you if you win this drawing. It's a Glazier season pass for your entire coaching staff, which includes your high school, junior high, and feeder programs, unlimited access to all the Glazier Clinics, unlimited Glazier Drive access. That's a $399 value. We've also put together a travel package for you. Travel expenses for one clinic, hotel, flight, rental car, or mileage, up to $1,500. So it's easy to enter to win. Go to glazierclinics.com slash win. We will announce the winner on December 12th, which again is the five-year anniversary of Coaching Coordinator. We appreciate all of you, and good luck in the sweepstakes. Get all the details and enter to win at glazierclinics.com slash win. We're back for another week of defense with Coach DJ Elliott. We're going to look at number 23 in the nation in total defense, Wyoming. And at that game was our co-host for this series, DJ Elliott. So, DJ, talk to us first about what you were doing out there. I know it was a special day for you. It was great to be back. I played at Wyoming. They were having a 1996 team reunion. I was 25th year reunion. That shows you how old I am. But in 1996, we went 10-2, and two, and one of the best teams that they've had. We were number one in the country on total offense. We had a wide receiver win the Blitnikoff Award. We had three players that were all Americans off that team. And the reunion was at the Colorado State game, which is our rival. It's called the Border War. And it was a blast. It was so good to be back and see my old friends and to go out uh, onto the field and be recognized by the fans. It was just an excellent trip. And, you know, I took my whole family. First time my kids had gone to the game. First time my wife had been back, you know, since we'd been married. Just what a great trip. Great people, good school, and a great game to watch. I know you went back through and watched some film and looked at things and took some notes. Uh, You can't do all those things, certainly, when you're at the game, and I'm sure you had all that camaraderie with the guys you play with, too. But Wyoming is a four-down front team, and they played a lot against 12 and 21 that game. What did you see out of them? Wyoming was running a ton of single high in that game, which they do quite often, and they were defending 12 and 21, which is what Colorado State runs a lot, out of single high. So they were in man free, and they were in match three. And Colorado State was trying to attack them by pinch sets or uh, fly and orbit motions. And Wyoming did an excellent job of adjusting. Uh, one thing that they did was they were four-waying in their man-free with a fullback or slash a Z-close receiver with the four guys that were in coverage slash hole player. And when they got split flow, they all followed back with split flow. And that's uh, – an excellent way to play split zone and split zone B if you're in man free is to make sure that four guys are in communication that when the fullback comes back, we're all bumping over a man and covering a different man. And then your coverage will take you to your run fit. Another way to play that is just a three way. And if you have a down tight end, you stick the guy on the down tight end and then you have the other three players you know, one of them's covering the back and one of them's covering the fullback and one of them's the whole player and, and man free, one rat. Those three guys are covering the fullback and the tailback with the fullback being their key on who's covering who. 
and then you don't have the communication issues or confusion of a four-way. But Wyoming was playing a four-way, and they were executing it, and they did an excellent job of that. I always love to dig into the communication and, and how you work those things, how you get good at it. And uh, you know, I'm not sure if that's something you do or you've done before, but when you're four-waying it like that and you do have to be good on communication, uh, best way to get those repetitions and get those guys good because, as you said, Wyoming was pretty good at it. Well, one thing that you need to, uh, to understand is depending on what type of man coverage you're in depends on what, what way you can play that fullback and bump everybody over or stick your guy on your, uh, your, your man. And if you're in a zero, you know, that's not possible. If you're in a zero, especially if you're in a zero hug, then whoever's covering the fullback is going to stick him and go with him wherever he goes. Now, if you're in a man free and you're not hugging, now there's three guys, or there, I should say there's two guys to cover the two backs back there. You add a tight end in, in the mix, and now there's three guys to cover the two backs and the tight end. Okay, So now those three are working off of each other to where if the fullback moves, they change the man that they're covering. Right Now, if you're in one rat, now you have four guys that can cover either three or two guys, depending on how many guys are in the backfield with a tight end or fullback set. So you have to understand what type of man coverage is in to determine what type of communication you can have on covering those guys. The best way to work it, like I've talked about before, is some type of inside skelly or a drill that's called backs on backers. And backs on backers would be a uh, man-free slash cover three drill in which the backs and the tight end are working their combination routes in an inside skelly type of situation. And then the safety and the linebackers that are involved in the coverage are sorting it out. And that drill is called backs on backers. You can work boots, you know, you can work play action passes off of that. You could work any type of inside bunches or any type of split zone boot off of that too. And, and I think that's an excellent uh, time to work those techniques. Coach, I know you liked what you saw out of the defensive back play from Wyoming, and quarter, quarter, half was another thing you were impressed with how they played that. Like I said, Colorado State was in a lot of 12 and 21 sets, and they were running boots, and they were running play actions, and they were getting in tight bunches and, and either running the ball or they were trying to you know pick you if you were in man. And – there was a play where Wyoming was in quarter-quarter halves, and it was to a slot formation, so two backs, two wide up to one side and a tight end on the other side. And they were halves to the, to the tight end side, and then they were quarters to the twin side. And Colorado State ran a boot, and the half-field player, which you call him a nub half when he's just to a tight end, which means he lines up a little bit tighter, and he doesn't back up and he catches the tight end. Well, they ran boot, and he did an excellent job of cutting that over and covering it. Any time that you're in halves, and whether it's a tight end that's a single receiver or whether it's a wide out, out wide, and he's the single receiver, the half-field player has to cut the over. And a lot of times, overs are run with boot. And Wyoming did an excellent job of, one, since he was a nub half, of flat-footing it and not backing up so that he could grab that tight end when he ran that over route. And two, executing the assignment and having that half-field safety taken. When you're looking at quarter-quarter half and some of the things you see 
common ways to attack it. Uh, what are the things you really need to work on to make sure that you're not hurt playing quarter, quarter half? Well, when you play quarter, quarter halves or when you play quarters, you have to have some sort of three-by-one adjustment. You know, anytime you're in a two-shell defense, you have to have some sort of three-by-one adjustment to determine who has number three on a vertical. If that number three is a tight end or he's a back, then you don't necessarily have to make a three-by-one check because your linebacker can cover him. But if that number three is a wide out, then you have to make some sort of adjustment to, uh, to cover that number three. Now, the two main ways to do it is to run some type of mini or stubby concept where you're three over three to the trip side, and then that allows your backside safety to, to play over one and your two over one to the single receiver side. Obviously, the way that you attack that is you want to attack the three-by-one side. It's just solely based on numbers. Then, you know, a common route is a double post by, by a two and three and throw the, throw, the, throw the post route to number two. Or you can take that boundary safety or that backside safety, and he can both poach the vertical of three, and now you're playing four over three to the three-receiver side, and you're playing, you're playing one-on-one one one to the X-receiver side. So now you want to attack the X receiver. So it's, it's critical that if you're in a quarters or quarter, quarter, quarter halves coverage, that three by one will be adjusted one way or the other. And depending on what you key is the, is the direction that you want to attack. And I know that's not rocket science, but that's something as a defense coordinator that I'm aware of every time I call that three by one adjustment is where is the weakness and how can I disguise it as much as possible. Yeah, it's definitely something you could get caught in. And I'm thinking back to a, a game we played against our rival uh, probably around 2011. And we had been hurting. We were in a lot of three-by-one. We'd been hurting them with the single receiver quite a bit. Uh, they were trying to play man on him and, and, and pick up our, our you know, guy coming across. ran a lot of verticals there, mostly like switch release verticals with the guys we had, right? I needed something. They weren't. They weren't necessarily always the, the fastest guys, but the switch release helped them a little bit. And we, we caught them. We saw that they went to a quarter, quarter, half to, to you know, get somebody in his face and then play somebody over the top. And we just made a quick adjustment in between series and started the read right over on that guy instead of, you know, normally we would be key in number three and, and work our read off of, of uh, what happens to the guy who's taking that, basically that uh, – boundary landmark so what happened was quarterback starts with his look at at the single receiver the x that safety gets over top of it and now the field safety was two on one we went switch release which which hurt him a little bit too with the linebacker just thought he didn't have have anything he, he missed the guy coming across and uh that safety tried to to jump the guy going over and and we got the other guy vertical unfortunately he was the fastest guy on the field it was under two minutes and, and we scored on that one but but that's something too we found you know if we were going to see quarter quarter half we really like to start a read over there on the boundary just to get some things moving right away and i i think that's important for a defensive coordinator to understand that because you want to be able to carry both three by one adjustments in quarters so that you're changing that look to the quarterback and he can't just get a pre-snap key and know exactly where to go with the ball. Make him make a post-snap key. You yes. know? Make the quarterback make a post-snap key. 
And, you know, Wyoming was playing a lot of cloud in three-by-one, especially late in the game when Colorado State was in two-minute because Colorado State was putting their best player at X, which is actually a tight end. Their, their best player on their offense is, is a tight end. His name's Trey McBride. And so Wyoming was, was playing a lot of cloud to X and forcing Colorado State to throw it to the three-receiver side, which didn't have as good of players as they had at X. Moving into some third downs, and I saw this one on, on the highlights. Uh, they played a, a bear front. They got into a bear front from, from their even by bringing the linebacker up and ran a twist there, which was successful. Yeah, it was third and eight, I think, and, and they created a bear front by, by walking the Mike backer up and uh, lining him up as a zero and then taking the wheel linebacker and, and, and stacking the mic to create the bare front. And then they ran a twist game with the mic going one way and then one of the three techniques coming back and it came clean. Different fronts on third down can get the offense to check into different protections. And in a passing situation when you know they're going to pass and you want to attack a protection, sometimes just getting in a different front or a different look will give you the protection that you want. Bear isn't as common as obviously as a four down look. So, you know, study your opponent, how many times they've seen bear and did they check it? Did they check a man protection? And if they didn't check a man protection, okay, then attack the a gaps and, and see what you can get there in a slide and make the back have to pick up somebody. But Wyoming did an excellent job of getting into this bare front, forcing Colorado State to check a man protection, then running a twist game and getting pressure on the quarterback. On that same play, I noticed that there was a stack between two of the eligibles. I think it was a tight end and a wide out, and they ran a stack. And Wyoming played the stack lock and level. You know, there's there's different ways that you can play a stack, and that's when two eligible stack right behind each other. You can lock and level it, which that means uh, whoever's on the point is staying on the point, but he's going to press. And whoever's covering the guy that's behind him, he's going to stay on that guy that's behind him, but he's going to play off. And that's the way that Wyoming played it. But you could also in and out it, which means whoever goes out – that DB takes that guy, and whoever goes in, the other DB takes that guy. Or another common way to play a stack is called a top hat, which that means the DB that's on the point is actually covering the back guy. And the DB that is off is actually covering the guy on the point. And so those are three different ways that you can adjust your man coverage to stacks that may confuse the quarterback and put you in position to make a play. Like I said, Wyoming played at a lock and level, and they did a great job of it. Now, on this same down, there was uh, two twins. There was twins receivers to the other side, and it was third and eight. Wyoming lined their, their DBs up at seven yards, and and just sat and and played the sticks. On third down, you know it's critical that if you're going to line up off, that you don't give up a deep out or you don't give up a deep curl. And if you know that you're bringing pressure, then you can play what's called a sticks technique, which that means you can catch the wide receivers at the sticks. I like to line my defensive backs up at one yard in front of the sticks because it's just natural that when the ball snaps that they back up a little bit. And so then they're in position to make a play at the sticks and they won't get beat on a deep bout or a deep curl or anything like that. I also saw them run a five-man pressure 
on third down, and Colorado State ran a Z orbit motion. And on this play, the uh, DB stuck the motion. So uh, orbit motion and fly motion, you have to work out how you're going to adjust those motions week to week. And you have to make sure that the DBs and the linebackers know exactly with each call the way that that's adjusted because those math motions happen fast. Yeah. And like I said, if you're in a zero, then you're either going to stick it, okay, or you're going to make what's called a help call on a fly or an orbit motion, which means as you come over, you're bumping the next eligible guy off and you're covering his guy, or you're just going to stick it and go with it. If you're in man free, then you can stick it and you just go over. You can help it if you need to, but you also have the freedom in a man free to rock it, which now that means who's ever man goes a motion, he rocks to the, the, the uh, deep middle player and the deep middle player rotates and, and comes over and, and covers his guy. Then if you're in a zone, a lot of people in zone just bump it, which means if you're in zone coverage, then everybody just bumps over a guy. And I know that offenses, offenses like to motion to see what you're in, but orbit and fly motion, that's not necessarily the motion they're going to run to try to figure out what you're in. No. They're going to run on a cross motion. You know, They're going to run on a cross motion or a yo-yo motion and give the quarterback time to see what you're in so that he can uh, throw the ball in the right place because he knows what coverage in. Fly and orbit motion are mainly to confuse you, not necessarily to help him. Right. When, when you're looking at just the different ways that you're going to play motion, and I know some of it relates to the coverage you're playing behind it, but are there ways you like uh, to disguise it? Because 100% we're trying to get that key for the quarterback and, and receivers on exactly what you're going to do on that particular down. I had a way uh, to spin all the motions, whether it was zone, whether it was man-free, and so, or whether it was cover three. So I had a way that we could spin all the motions so that you could, you could, the quarterback would see the same look when he, when he motioned to adjust to that. So what I coach is, you know, your third down motion adjustment has to be more detailed than your first and second down motion adjustment, because your third down motion adjustment is probably when they're going to run some type of motion just to see what coverage you're in. Mm-hmm. On first and second down, you know, the fly motions and the, the Z orbit motions, those are to confuse you. Those are to get your eyes in the wrong spot, and then they throw um, – they run a play-action boot or they, they just toss it to the flat because he's uncovered, or they run the ball. You know, those, those are a lot of times are run to run the ball because you, you're moving your eyes and you get your eyes in the wrong spot. So I think it's critical that in your third down defense that you have a way – that you can make your motion adjustments all look the same. I'll tell you another one that's hard for a defensive coordinator that offenses like to do is they like to motion to empty or motion out of empty on third down just to see if you're in man or zone. And if you're going to play a team that does a lot of that, we practiced it some. I haven't run it that often because I haven't played a ton of third down empty teams, but you can lock – the Mike backer on the back and then just play the zone coverage as he doesn't exist. And then when he motions back, the Mike backer can motion back with him. And that's a way to disguise whether you're in man or whether you're in zone versus empty and motion to empty and motion back. 
Coach, I know you saw uh, uh, some pressures from the Cowboys as well. Talk to us about some of the pressures that you saw. I saw Wyoming run a um, double-edge pressure and slant the front, and the D-line crossed face on, on back blocks. Uh, you know, those are called long sticks. Some people call them mm -hmm. face techniques. Some people call them two-face techniques. Um, wh whatever you're calling them, the D-tackles, when you bring two off an edge – whether they're going to cross, you know, one face or they're going to cross two faces depends on what coverage there is behind it. You know, if you've got a, a quarters coverage behind it, which a lot of teams run a, a quarters slash man coverage when they bring two off the edge, then you don't need to cross two faces because you have enough guys to stop a gap scheme. But if you're in a single high defense and you run that pressure, you've now taken that quarter player out of the run foot and put him in the middle of the field. Well, the only way that you can stop a gap scheme is when those D, is if those D tackles cross two faces on a back block in order to get your numbers right for the gap scheme. And I saw Wyoming do that. It wasn't a gap scheme that Wyoming defend. It was a zone scheme. Mm -hmm. But I did see them cross two faces. The, the coaching point is for the inside backers is, listen, those D tackles, they don't know if that's a gap or that's a zone. They just know that somebody's coming back into their face. And so they're going to cross them no matter what. And uh, Wyoming did that, and they did a good job with their backers adjusting because it did end up being a zone scheme, and they fit it pretty good. Coach, how do you like to, to work your linebackers especially on that? As you said, the, the tackles aren't going to know. They're just going to go ahead and cross face. But for your, your recognition so that your linebackers are getting the correct run fit. Anytime that I was blitzing, the linebacker's run fit was his coverage. So I told the linebackers, anytime we're blitzing, your coverage takes you to your run fit. And so they ended up being in the right gap because if they were covering the back man to man, then it was what gap that he went into. They would end up being a D gap player when they needed to be a D gap player, because if they were covering the tight end, then they just fit outside of him and they played the D gap. So run fits are coached, you know, in different ways that are usually tied into the coverage in the front when you're running just regular coverage but when you're blitzing you can now tie their run fits into their coverage and so i always taught the linebackers that anytime we run a pressure your coverage takes you to your run fit moving into the low red zone i know you saw some zero in that area like i've talked about before you get down in the red zone you don't really need to to play any single high if you're going to play single high you just want to tag it to where he's covering somebody i mean to whether he's doing something he's either covering the X, he's either double on the slot or he's, he's tagged on the quarterback. And so Wyoming is a single high team, but once they got inside, I think it was the 12 yard line, they were in zero and they were pressuring or they were just playing straight quarters. And that's a great way to attack offenses in the red zone. And they end up stopping them and hold them to a field goal. Now I know a lot of teams will check to bunches and, and you'll see them just play it the one way. And, you know, especially, I think it's an advantage to an offense that uh, they're maybe unique in, in that, you know, a lot of teams don't necessarily take advantage of using co compressed formations and bunches and stacks. So you see fewer adjustments to it. And we've, we've gone into games where we see that they're only going to play one check to it. So I know you like to look at multiple ways of, of how you're going to play your bunches. Colorado State lined up in 
and and bunch quite a bit. And most of the time it was a tight bunch, which means it was tight to the tackle. And Wyoming played a point three to one of them on a third down, which means that whoever is on the point guy is covering number three, and then the other two DBs are in and out in one and two. It's easy to just adjust who the point guy covers. You can you can run point three, point two, or point one. And then the other two guys just in and out the other two guys that uh, that he's not covering. Another way to play it is to a bunch is to line up at three yards, five yards, and seven yards. So three guys on three different levels and just stay on your man. And then, of course, if you're in a zone defense or if you're in a match slash zone defense, then when you get to that bunch, you just check a zone and then you just play the zone that you call it. If you're in a cover three or a match three, then once you get to a bunch, then you just go to a straight run and cover three and just play zone. If you were in a, a quarters man, then once you get to a bunch, then you just go to a straight run in quarters and just play zone. Or if you were in a two man, then you just play a cloud. And so those are all different looks that you're given the quarterback on that bunch. And uh, hopefully it gives him some confusion. And he doesn't know where to go with the ball. Every week we, seem to be talking about Sims and Creepers, and I know you saw a man-free Sim from the Cowboys. Right. Wyoming was running a inside man-free simulated pressure that I've run a lot, and the two inside backers are, are, are coming up in the A-gaps, and then the two outside backers are either covering the back and, and the other one is becoming a hole player. What I like about this is, is that it, you know, it shows that that, you, that you're bringing six guys, but you're really only bringing four. And then you get a whole player, so if the quarterback tries to throw hot or he tries to side adjust, you get somebody right in his face. And then you also have somebody on the back in case he's trying to flare or if he was running a, a slip screen or something. They ran it twice, I think, and, 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 and got some good pressure on it. And another time the whole player got in the way of a throw and forced a high throw. I think that's a – that's a really good man-free simulated pressure. And like I've mentioned before, simulated pressures, one thing that's great about them is you can run any coverage you want with them, right? You can run cover three, you can run quarters, you can run two Tampa, you can run, you know, three cloud, yet it still looks like a pressure to an offense, and yet it's confusing to the quarterback. Not only does he have to, you know, recognize that it's not a pressure, that's just a simulated, then he's got to figure out what coverage it is. And in this particular simulated pressures, it's over one rat. So there's a low hole player, and then there's a man-free player. You just don't know where that low rat player is coming from. I also saw them uh, check man-free to unbalance. They got an unbalance one time, and uh, and Wyoming's adjustment was to go to man-free, or they already had man-free call. I don't know what it was. But like I've said before, Man-free is a common unbalanced adjustment because as long as you just go to your man, then you'll be in a position to fit the run as well as cover the proper guy. Generally, whether they were stacked or whether they were bunched or not, you know, Wyoming was playing so much man-free, they were doing a good job of lining up at different levels so that they wouldn't get picked, and they were playing rub routes really well. You know, if you if you go and line up on the same level with with two uh, receivers, whether they are close, whether they were stacked, or whether they were just in normal alignments, if you line up on the same level, you're going to get in position to get picked. Mm-hmm. And 
Wyoming did a great job of always lining up on different levels and man-free and not getting picked at all. You know, when it got into two-minute, they had a great disguise in quarter-quarter halves. They brought the field safety down to play the quarter flat, and they backed the nickel up to play the quarter over number two. That is a great disguise because you can show that you're in man-free. You can show that you're in some sort of man-free, and that field safety is just dropping down in the box. And it was it was cloud to the boundary. Anytime that you're running cloud, that's a great opportunity to show that you're playing the middle of the field. So if you're in cloud, you can line up, that safety can line up in the middle field and then slide over uh, off of the snap indicator or even post-snap and play the half. And they really confused Colorado State in a two-minute situation because they did not recognize that that was quarter-quarter halves. They thought it was single high. Coach, it was a great win for your Wyoming Cowboys on a special day for you, so uh, glad you were able to experience that. And uh, before we go today, I want to make sure that we mention your other podcast uh, that you're doing weekly. Yeah, I I do a podcast called Home Visit, and I do it with uh, Tyler Siski, and we talk about hot topics in college football, and then we pick six games with the spread and money lines and it's just a fun podcast that involves everything with college football. If you get a chance, please tune in on that one as well. As always, I appreciate your time, and I'm looking forward to what you bring to us next week. Me too. Thanks for having me, Keith. Thanks again for listening to the Coach and Coordinator Podcast. Go to glazierclinics.com slash win to enter the sweepstakes or the Glazier Clinic staff pass and travel expenses to one clinic, which includes flight, hotel, and rental car. Again, go to glazierclinics.com win for your chance to win.